Boilermakers return home to Mackey Arena to take on Michigan on Tuesday night after back-to-back road games in which the Boilermakers won by double digits. We'll break all of that down coming up on Gold and Black Radio. Kyle Charters with Brian Newbert. Brian in a moment, but first this. Designing and building since 1968, TNW has changed the way people think about construction. TNW's three-stage approach to designing and building is unmatched throughout the construction industry. Learn more about TNW's people, passion, and projects at TWDesignBuild.com. Experience unparalleled comfort, service, and cuisine at the Whitaker Inn. This Midwestern oasis is perfect for a relaxing staycation or weekend getaway. Escape from the ordinary at the Whitaker Inn. On the far end of Main Street in downtown Lafayette, you'll find East Inn Grill. Industrial and classic, the restaurant is built like a steakhouse but handles like a bistro. East Inn Grill's menu includes creative starters, simple chopped salads, burgers, fresh fish, and steaks and the signature shrimp and grits. The staff prepares every item from scratch and emphasizes simple meals that incorporate fresh, local, and seasonal ingredients. A warm and inviting dining room features a cozy bar that includes a great selection of craft beer, inspired cocktails, and a robust and expanding wine list. Whatever your entertainment needs are, a cocktail at the bar, dinner with family, or a special event in the private dining room, the energized and attentive staff is here for you. Eastern Grill in downtown Lafayette, welcome to our table. When it comes to land sales, it pays to have experts in your corner. AcrePro Midwest Farm Group is your local farmland specialist. With decades of experience in Indiana agriculture, no one knows the market better. Whether you're doing a 1031 exchange or simply buying and selling farmland, your local AcrePro agent will walk the land with you and ensure the deal is done right. Visit AcrePro.com or call 765-775-6502 and talk to your local land expert today. Again, 765-775-6502. The Boilermakers will take on the Michigan Wolverines late. Uh, another late one, which Brian always appreciates. Nine o'clock tip-off on on Tuesday, following Purdue's victory over the weekend uh, at Iowa. All right, Brian, uh, I, am, I am one of the ones who is taking what Zach Eady is doing for granted. Uh, chastise me for doing that. You shouldn't. Um <laughs> You know, stuff like this, I, I I don't know if you want a serious answer or, or if you're just <laughs> just trolling me or what. But, um, no, I mean, it's just – it's kind of become the expectation level here. I don't know if 30 – I don't know if 30 and 18 is the expectation level, but such things. Yeah. have He's just been so consistent doing this kind of stuff, and he's just – he's gotten better over last season, and you just kind of – there are games where you just – he's just got this baseline of productivity – um, and it's just easy to just kind of, kind of bake it into your expectations. And then when it happens, you know, just sort of be like, oh, okay, he made par, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> right. but it's, it, it's just something you're, you don't see come along very often, if ever. And you probably won't see ever again at Purdue. Um, I've said that about a couple of players now, uh, so I probably ought to stop saying it, but, um, you know, the, the Caleb Swanigans, the Jaden Ivies, the, you know, yeah. players of that ilk. But it, just don't take it for granted. I hope people can enjoy what they're watching right now um, because you've only got a couple more weeks or months of it, whatever it might be. Yeah, I think that's a good way to say it. he made par. But then sometimes you forget uh, what it's like to, to make par, especially, you know, what it would be like to make par 18 times in a row. Um, difficult thing to do. I think it's amazing that he has improved as much as he improved from last year when he was the national player of the year. I mean, it, it is, 
it is just remarkable, in, in my opinion, even to the point where, you know, some of the Indiana fan podcasts had to tweet out and admit and tell some of their listeners, hey, this guy's not just tall, like, like for real, he's he's actually a good player. Um, and he is. A well, good that was great. a stupid that was a stupid intellectually dishonest talking point anyway. Um, yeah, no, it is. Completely. I, I think we've, I think we've talked about this before that, yeah. you know, he's, yes, he's tall, but that's not even his defining strength. His defining strength is being big and there's more to being big than being tall. There's lots of tall guys and a lot of them suck. Um, it's his ability to occupy space. It's his length. It's his strength. It's his immovability, you know, yeah. things like that. It, it's now his mobility uh, in conjunction with his immovability <laughs> uh, yeah. I'm, I think I'm kind of losing control of this here. Um, <laughs> and just he's gotten better as a passer. He's gotten better as a defender. He's become a big time shot blocker. He makes his free throws, which yeah. is, you know, for a guy who's shooting down at the rim from the foul line <laughs> uh, with gigantic hands, you know. Yeah. Show me guys that big who are really, really good foul shooters. There aren't that many of them. And most of them are from Europe and they probably grew up as guards uh, and then grew a foot. Uh, but he's just special. I mean, that, that, that's the best way to put it. He's just, just a, a special, special player. And he's the reason Purdue is a better team now than they were a year ago. In addition to him being a better player now than he was a year ago. Um, I think, Purdue has its best chance maybe ever to do something, at least in the modern era, to, to do something really big this year. And yeah. uh, he's obviously the biggest reason. Yeah, that was really my greater greater point was that uh, he he has sort of quelled some of that talk. That that talk was more prevalent a year ago with the he's just tall stuff. Uh, you, you hear it more almost these days in a in a sarcastic uh, type of way, I think, and that's yeah. really be- that's really been because he has he has proven now that that is just. I mean, it always was nonsense. Obviously, uh, you know, him being tall is part of the story, but uh, there there are greater narratives uh, about him than that one. But he has proven uh, at this point, and and most of the chatter you hear about that is in a sarcastic, in a more sarcastic tone. Yeah, we should only talk about it to mock it, right? Yeah, otherwise we're just platforming it and. Yeah. It, it 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 becomes groupthink, and it, it's just stupid. You know, plus, like, okay, let's take away every player ever's greatest strength and see what they are, <laughs> right. you know. Right. Yeah. Let's take LeBron James and make him smaller, slower, cut his basketball yeah. IQ in half, you know, yeah. and see what we got, right? Like, that's right. the stupidest argument ever. That is the – that is peak social media nowadays. Oh. Um, and – an environment where too many fans have too loud a voice. Uh, I, I don't say that disrespectfully. I just mean that there's a lot of fans who get treated like media who are, are covering, you know, teams, you know, quote unquote covering. And when they write fanboy stuff on Twitter, their people pick it up and all of a sudden it takes off from there because groupthink rules the day on social media. Yeah. So Purdue played a couple of road games last week, uh, both of them in sort of similar fashion, getting leads and then being able to uh, hold on to those leads. Uh, did so against Indiana 
did so against against Iowa. They weren't they weren't exact replicas of one another, but uh, but held a, a similar uh, formula for for victory for Purdue. The one thing that I, you know, even in those moments in the second half where you get a little bit nervous because the the margin narrows, you feel like if Purdue. And, and this was sort of Matt Painter's message to the team, it seemed like, in the locker room. If Purdue does what it's supposed to do, right, if it gets possessions that end in shots, it seems like it's able to keep those opponents at an arm's length because of that. Um, if they get if they get shots, generally those are good shots because Zach Eady is taking a lot of them, and those are generally good shots, that Purdue can sort of stave off the, the real big run after they get a big lead. Do you feel that way also? Well, when you don't turn the ball over, you're getting 80-something against most people. You're yeah. a good enough offensive team to do that very consistently. You look at the road results here. I mean, Purdue scoring in the 80s every game. And right. if you just don't turn the ball over, you're getting in the 80s. And then those points that the opponents um, are getting off those turnovers, they don't have those. It's no coincidence that the uh, the two games Purdue's lost, the, the uh, points off turnovers for the opponent are like 20 and 19 or – Something like that, I think. I mean, that's the game. It's right. just the game. Now, obviously, Nebraska shot the hell out of the ball, and that's part of it, too. But uh, without the other part of it, too, Purdue wins both of those games, and they're unbeaten. That's just the single biggest thing. They're going to outscore you when they don't turn the ball over, and they're going to out-rebound you, and they're going to get second chances, and it doesn't matter how many shots they miss because they're going to get 20% of them back, and they're going to score off X percentage of those. And I'm getting into a complicated uh, verbal algorithm here. But, but they also, um, they also, Brian, don't take bad shots very often. Now, it, it, no. I think in each game you can probably come up with what? Like two or three? I mean, less than a handful, it seems yeah, like. No, it's, of it's, shots that you, would, that you would qualify as as bad shots. Now, you watch some other Big Ten teams play, and you're seeing – tremendously more uh bad yeah. shots uh yeah and that's no, the one thing just, too. i mean aside from just if they don't turn the ball over don't take bad shots and they don't take very many bad shots then then your offensive efficiency is pretty good you really saw it this week with with indiana taking some horrible shots iowa taking some horrible shots and you realize that purdue that's part of having this mature guard play now that you know, Purdue has now Lance Jones every now and then gets a little carried away, shoots a 40 footer. Um, but I think, you know, Fletcher lawyer's been less is more this year. Uh, and there's probably a lot that goes into that in terms of shot volume being carried by other people, uh, Purdue running more stuff for him, Zach E being better as a passer, things like that. Braden Smith, you know, uh, is being commissioned to shoot, to look to shoot. And sometimes he, you have to live with one or two a game that are just heat checks, temperature checks. And that's, that's part of what's made Purdue good. So there's no, uh, there's no downside to that really. Uh, But no, Purdue's been pretty good about just understanding that everybody is orbiting Zach Eady and Zach Eady needs the ball. And I think Fletcher lawyer puts a great face on this. Like there are so many shots he could have taken this year. Um, that he might have last year, but now it's like, no, I'm not going to take a three because because Zach has one on one around the rim, and I'm going to get the ball right there, and that's that's Purdue just beating people over the head with its greatest 
and most incomparable strength. And that's part of the mature guard play that, you know, I've been talking since the summer about, you know, last year wasn't Purdue's shot. This year is Purdue's shot because Braden Smith and Fletcher Lawyer are all grown up now. You have a fifth-year senior um, added to them in the backcourt who has really made things easier on those two guys too. I think taking a lot of burden off of them and um, really, really completed this team in Lance Jones. You know, the one guy who has not shot the ball well here on this road trip is is Braden Smith. He also has played a lot of minutes, including, I think, 39 against Iowa. Does Purdue need to do something to make sure that his workload does not get too much here in the last month and a half of the season? Uh, I That's kind of a tricky question because he would say no. Yeah, uh, Matt Painter would probably say no. Um, I don't know if his shot's not falling because – he's carrying a lot of minutes or he's just a college basketball player, you know, right. who goes through, you know, periodic uh, ups and downs uh, with his yeah. shot. I mean, he, the other part of it is that, you know, he shot the ball out of his mind for like a month and a half. Right. So I'm sure some regression was bound to happen. He's made some big shots too. I mean, right. it's not like he's not making shots and it's not like he's not, still a dominant offensive figure for Purdue with his passing, with his penetration, with how he dictates how Purdue guards him. But, um, you know, those guys had full off seasons. They should be in, in great shape. Uh, they know what it takes to get through a Big Ten season now. Uh, I'm sure Matt Painter will get him out of games whenever possible. And not to get too far ahead of ourselves here with this question, there are some games here on the schedule where – there's a pretty good chance you're going to have some opportunities to get the walk on some run yeah. there at the end. And, uh, but no, I, I don't think, I think you need to win these games uh, because you're trying to play for a, you're trying to win a big 10 title. So getting him out of the game just to say, okay, he played two less minutes in this game. He's going to be better off right. at the start of March because of that. I think you have to do what you have to do to win the game. And, giving him those minutes in the first half, especially, um, you know, things often don't go great when he's not in the game. And that first half is so important, uh, obviously, that I just don't see it being something Purdue um, really goes out of its way to do. I, I think the time for planning for the future is past. Like people talk about, oh, they have to get Miles Colvin minutes, get him ready for March. That's what that's what November and December were for, and that's what practice is for. Um, I think you're at the point of the season now where you just have to get through every minute of every game the best you can. So I, that's probably not an answer, a good answer to your question, but I think uh, I just don't think it's something you're going to see in practice. You know, that, that's a poor choice of term in, in practice. Yeah. I, I, don't, I just don't think it's something you're going to tangibly see affect games here moving forward it's not as if he has played poorly and a couple of shots that have gone out have been typical shots that he makes and shots that have looked good they just have missed and as you said he's hit some yeah. shots I can't remember exactly what the scenario was but the three the three-pointer from the left wing after the, the somebody I think Fletcher lawyer maybe made an extra pass there at the top of the key to him and he it's it felt like a big three at that moment you probably remember it a little bit better than I do um but he's still hitting big shots and controlling well, it, the offense. Go ahead. It's not the shooting as much as it's the turnovers. It's yeah. You can't run the risk of having fatigue lead to just carelessness 
Um, and that then giving life to your greatest Achilles heel, uh, vulnerability, whatever you, what term you want to use. And that's the turnovers. Uh, you know, he has, he did have four turnovers at Iowa. Now, when you have four turnovers against nine assists, you know, there's some, there's some, uh, and he's doing the nine assist thing like every game. Uh, that's another thing that yeah. people shouldn't be taking for granted. You know how many nine assist games I covered in like the 19 years of Purdue basketball prior to this one? <laughs> years. Like, yeah. I remember one year it was it was a big it was a big talking point in a post game press conference that Lewis Johnson or I'm sorry Lewis Jackson had to settle for nine assists because Juwan Johnson botched his tenth and like it was a big deal back then nine assists oh my god nine assists and now this guy is doing it every freaking game and yeah. um, I think that's another thing that you know people just shouldn't take for granted this just doesn't happen very often. Yeah, my favorite play these days that Purdue runs is just him, uh, Steve Nash, like running through a bunch of screens and then Zach Eady somehow ending up wide open under the basket by himself for a dunk. I'm not really sure how that happens exactly, but it seemed to happen a couple of times uh, against the Hawkeyes. And that's a that's a high quality play. Yeah, they were running that little uh, side pick and roll. They're kind of deep where they were bunching everything up and they were taking those three Iowa guys and they were basically making them chickens with their heads cut off. Nobody had any idea what to do. And, <laughs> you know, Purdue's doing some really intricate offensive stuff here this year, too, with Braden Smith. And I think he's made that all possible. Yeah. Um, he's really been a weapon uh, running pick and roll. Zach Eady's really been a weapon running pick and roll. The shooters are making shots. And uh, it's just a really complete offensive mix and something that uh, everybody has to be ready for. But I'm not sure you can be ready for it because people – you know, Purdue's doing seems to be doing little different things every game, and the impossibility of the matchup with Edie is just something you can't you can't really ever be ready for until you've seen it two or three times. Michigan on Tuesday night. Uh, this Wolverine team has not been as good as some of the others here in recent past. Um, this might be one of those games that Purdue gets a little bit of run for some other guys at the end of. At least it would seem like on paper 30 hours before tip-off. It is possible. Um, don't take anything for granted. You never know. Uh, Michigan does have talent, but they have been sort of the Big Ten's traveling comedy sketch show this year <laughs> with the, hey, who, who did the coach get in a fight with this week? Who did uh, Who's coaching Michigan tonight? Um, yeah. it, you know, Doug McDaniel announcing his own quasi-suspension the same way a recruit would announce his commitment via a social media edit. It's just it's wild. You just can't make some of this stuff up. It's just been a, it's just been a circus there uh, this season for, for Michigan. That's kind of the tone of their athletic department this year for better and worse, but um, no Purdue should. Uh, I think if Michigan had Doug McDaniel, uh, you know, kind of an explosive guard who can score mid range against drop coverage, things like that. I think, you know, you you maybe be a little more concerned about this game, but uh, I I just don't I just don't see it. Uh, yeah, being in the cards for the Wolverines. Uh, though, of course, we don't know who's coaching them, so I'm not <laughs> sure it matters. Um, but yeah, no, Purdue Purdue's not Purdue's not going to lose a home game this year. I wouldn't think. Um, you know, Wisconsin will be the one you worry about to a yeah. certain extent, but I. I think all of this middle of the Big Ten chum, you know, I think uh, is 
going to have a really, really hard time, not just winning in Mac Arena, but competing in Mac Arena. Um, yeah, well, and, a lot of those teams are having trouble win, winning on the road, period. Um, let yeah. alone against Purdue and Mac Arena. There are three, I think, three Big Ten teams with more who are above 500 on the road. It's Purdue, it's Illinois, and it's Wisconsin. And yeah. Illinois is like three and two or something like that. So right. calling them above 500 after five games, it's a little bit disingenuous. But um, um, it's just, it's really hard to win on the road in the Big Ten. I mean, I, I know that, that that's trite and that sounds like a cliche, but time and time again, it has been proven to be true. And yeah, it's uh, proven to be true again. Um, so uh, I, I, I I just think Mac Arena is such a snake pit. Purdue is so good and Purdue is so overwhelming uh, that I, I just don't see Purdue losing a home game this year. Uh, not even to Wisconsin, to be honest with you. There is one big question looming over Purdue, and we're not trying to ignore it, but you are going to have more information on that probably uh, after this podcast actually publishes, but that's Trey Kaufman-Rin's injury situation. It did seem positive that, uh, that on uh, Saturday – Saturday, yeah, on Saturday, uh, that he was able to to walk off the court and seem like that was that was okay, but probably an ankle injury um, that you're going to find out more about here shortly, and then we'll put on the website. But uh, just yeah. your thoughts as we sit here right now seems like it seems like at least in the aftermath of the game that that was that was more positive than negative. Yeah, rolled ankles very often look much much worse than they end up being. Uh, I'm only saying that for reference. I've just seen a lot of what seemed to be torn ACLs, torn Achilles, turn out to be mild ankle sprains and the guys playing the next game. Um, and Trey Kaufman-Ren did walk out of the arena under his own power. He did come back to the bench pretty quickly. He just went back to the tunnel. He didn't even go back to the locker room. He went back to the tunnel with Chad Young, their trainer, was just walking up, um, walking up and down the tunnel. I know that because I went to the bathroom at the same time and I walked right past him. <laughs> the part of the story you didn't need to know. That is but, that is in-depth reporting, uh, yes. going the extra mile. Literally chasing down the story. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, but we'll see if he can practice today. If he doesn't practice today, it's not the end of the world. He will want to play. I, I guarantee you that. Um, yeah. And if he plays, it's not like Purdue has to keep him out there for 30 minutes. It's not like you don't have co-starters at that position anyway. Right. You know, Mason Gillis is playing more minutes than him anyway, even though Trey Copperrand starts. There, I did. There wouldn't be any harm, and unless he's completely dysfunctional, playing him, starting him, and then if it's not working, just putting in Mason Gillis the four-minute timeout, yeah, and then riding him and Caleb first for the rest of the game. It's not like you don't have options there. Um, he's an important player, um, but I'm not sure. Other than Zach Eady and probably Braden Smith, I'm not sure Purdue has a player that you can't overcome a temporary loss of. Um, so we'll see what happens. I'm headed out to practice right now as soon as you leave me alone. Uh, <laughs> and we will kind of find out more then. I'll put something on our website. It's probably up there by the time people even listen to this podcast. So yeah, uh, we're uh, kind of doing things backwards here. Right. Um, but no, we'll see. But it certainly didn't seem like anything long-term. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Brian. Yep, no problem. At Purdue Federal Credit Union, it's about a relationship. A relationship that goes where you go, wherever you are in life. 
A relationship that's committed to free financial wellness resources, lower fees, and innovative digital banking solutions. Because we believe in people helping people. Let's build your financial future together. Purdue Federal Credit Union, your trusted financial partner for life. Federally insured by NCUA. That'll do it for our podcast for this week. A thanks to our sponsors. As always, if you do like the podcast, please rate us five stars on your favorite podcast app. Leave us a comment as well. All right, that'll do it for our show. For Brian Newbert, I'm Kyle Charters. Thanks for listening. This is Golden Black Radio.